Hey folks, welcome into Pro Football Ireland. Week 12. Oh my god, of the NFL season. It is flying in 2023 NFL season. Getting there, we are a matter of what? 10 weeks? 9 weeks to the Super Bowl at this point. So, Scary Biscuits presented by our friends over at Gated Day Sport. Thanks to them for the continued support. Evident in events on Saturday with Neil Reynolds. Tuesday last week, this week with Phoebe Schachter in Belfast in Dublin and in Belfast over the last few days and look a big thanks not just to them but to everybody that showed out. I think it's a prop and a testament to everybody that doesn't just enjoy the NFL but genuinely cares about growing it here so thank you all so much. Michael McQuaid, Mark Hogan, Jason Hayes looking young and fresh in that Sports Direct court jacket at the side of the screen there. Mark, first off, happy Thanksgiving man. How you doing? You feeling thankful? I feel like a bad man for wishing away the season because I'm so desperate to get back to the Super Bowl. And when you're saying things like... Back to bed. Well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for that time off. But yeah, no, it is it is nuts because I'm so excited to get to the playoffs. Because, you know, for me, and Jason can probably talk about this, I was so... Like, I've loved this season. I've been saying that the last few weeks. It's probably going to go down as my favourite season of supporting the NFL for the last 15 years. I've just loved that there's no clear-cut favorite and that anyone can beat anyone genuinely but um yeah because i never felt like the cardinals were involved it's so much fun to just root for a team that i don't have to see win because i never thought they're getting to the playoffs so like on a fan level and then covering it it's been an absolute ball really jason we're 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 gonna talk about this fan thing in a minute about the Steelers, but um how you doing week 12 cardinals are sort of still around a little not or not no, 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 no. Yeah, but um, just the exact same as Mac, really. It's been a season where we knew things were going to go bad, so it's just completely opened things up in terms of enjoying the rest of, of the league. Um, I feel like I've dived into it more than ever. Obviously, with doing this podcast, helps with that as well. Um, but yeah, more football than ever this week to look forward to with a game on Black Friday even. Um, so... I think it's more quantity than quality this week, to be honest, with some of the games, but looking forward to it nonetheless. Eating some nice food. Probably not talking, um, but uh, <laughs> great Thanksgiving Day anyway. I agree, Cracker, you boys and everybody. There's a few other ones from the PFI team on Saturday in Dublin. Mark, you missed the crack in Belfast on Tuesday. Just different crowd, different crack. People asking where you were. Who's that... Who's that guy that sounds like he's from Dublin, but he's not from Dublin? Where, where, where? <laughs> and I was holding hold then the fort with uh, James Skell. People needed that James Skell podcast. So uh, nice otherwise, pod. you know, I would have driven up the road for that. So, oh, here, say no more. Hi, uh, Phoebe Schachter's face when she seen Belfast International Airport was a sight to behold. I want to publicly thank the female Irish Wolf fans. One thing, thank them in person, but probably thank them for coming on stage because I know it's not easy coming on stage as well. Thank Andy Quinn for coming on stage as well. It's just great to see the game grow. And we've seen Lopez Sanusi, former Belfast Trojan, NFL Academy commit to the to Boise State as well this week. So and it's, there's it's something worth, happening every week with the NFL in Ireland. It's worth man, mention and credit to yourself, Michael. But when we're going to these live shows and we're planning them, it's not just let's talk NFL. We had Neil Reynolds on stage if you weren't there and we talked through his career before we ever touched on NFL. And we did have Andy Quinn, uh, got a kid from the NFL Academy that's from Ireland that won Tig Leaders kicking competition. That was on Saturday. Last night on Tuesday, you had the the female Wolfhounds team. I was like, it's like nothing that's being done anywhere in the world, really, that we're so focused on 
the Irish aspect for part of that. That um, if you were thinking about, I know some people were saying on Twitter they weren't sure, they didn't know that the BB thing was going ahead. I mean, I don't know what more we could have done. We publicize or publicize as much as we could. But yeah, if you're thinking about coming to one of these things in the future, um, feedback has been great. Really appreciate from everyone. But it's not just NFL. I think there's a lot to be learned if you think that our knowledge on the sport is actually useless. <laughs> love, love, love it. We we, uh, we hear it. We hear about it sometimes. So. Well, we do. I I, I I get a lot of haters. DMs will be shutting out soon if it keeps up. <laughs> well, like if the guy keeps DMing me on YouTube or putting private comments on, I'll call the PSNI. So keep it <laughs> uh, anywho, uh, let's get into the talk. Steelers are the watch, but I mean, unless you've been living in, unless you've been in the coma for the last four days, it's like it's been spammed everywhere in a good way. Steelers had a watch party in Croker on Sunday. They had a clinic on Saturday. They were playing golf on Friday because apparently that's all we do in the north is play golf, even though our crisps are better than food. Hey, they were also playing it. We Mossy Quinn told us on Friday in Port Marnock as well. So it's like no, they... no, no, Sunday. They were playing on oh, Sunday morning in Port Marnock. What? Like How did they that? Um, lads, look. Obviously, from our viewpoint, it was great to talk to Dan, to Santonio Holmes, to, to Alan Flanica, to meet guys that people that haven't even been seen publicly. People around the Steelers franchise have been very, very good to us, everybody else. And obviously, a, a massive appreciation on that from a personal, professional level. We really appreciate it. I host the Steelers podcast, Mark. I had never, and I said it to the other guys, Jimmy and Dave, on that podcast. We had not seen the plans for the event. We had not seen what it was going to look like. Can we do it again this week? Any chance? Yeah, I mentioned on the James Gallup podcast, but I had heard that Crow Park as well was very involved. And it's kind of funny because James actually mentioned on the podcast, I <laughs> I listened back to my for, myself for the first time ever because I was like, I don't want to just repeat exactly what I said on the James Gallup podcast. We spent way too much time talking about this for a guy that wasn't there. But James had made a comment about you know, Crow Park are doing this because there's money in it for them. And you know, Michael, I don't know if that's true. I meant to say to him, I don't know if it's true. I'm sure there is a certain amount of money, but I think it's the prestige that goes along with it. Like the NFL doesn't roll out the red carpet because they want to get any number of concerts there. They still get the same amount of money for, you know, renting a Crow Park for a concert as they do for an American football game. You don't see them, you know, having to go above and beyond and plastering the place with Steelers bunting and colours and posters, which was absolutely savage, giving a free bar to certain lucky members of the public that were in at the event. It was putting out lovely food. Apparently, it's a, part of a section of the premium Hogan Suite had. The food, the food prices were excellent. The drink prices were excellent. The food on offer was fantastic. That they really went above and beyond. Obviously, part of that is down to the Steelers team and whoever they're involved with. But you know, there's trying to get, you know, a selling event in your stadium, and then there's what we saw the other day. So that whole thing about. Crow Park just knew from I don't think so I think they're invested in this because they want to deliver it to sports fans in Ireland Jason um, it was a, it was a lovely night like I mean you're not from Dublin I'm not from Dublin so we obviously go to Dublin for our teams the odd time maybe me more than Mark or you but <laughs> I guess on there. Um, you look like a kid at Christmas it was a great crack like Alan like there's a great picture of Jason chatting to Alan Fanica and Alan's like, who the F is this guy? I'm only joking. He really enjoyed himself. <laughs> there's a great, there's, there's a great few pictures, but the vibe 
Jason's class crack, wasn't it? It was really, really good nights crack. Yeah, it was nice to actually enjoy myself in Croke Park for for first time in a long time. <laughs> um, yeah, like they, they went all out, pulled out all the stops. So I think Irish sports could learn a lot from it, to be honest, in terms of uh, putting on a show for fans of the game. Of course, every all the organisers, everything they did um, on the stage, the interviews was all brilliant, including yourself, Michael, up on stage. But my favourite part really is just the whole idea, and this goes for Saturday night as well with Neil Reynolds, is the whole idea of bringing together NFL fans from around the country. And it's unlike any other sport. I can't think of another sport where you go into a hall and you'll just chat to absolute strangers next to you and everyone will be completely passionate and all in on discussing the game. And people know their stuff. Like Irish fans are as knowledgeable as anywhere I've been in America. Um, so it's just a whole new level of passion when you bring together fans from all over the country. Um, great to meet so many guys and so many listeners of this podcast as well. Um, and of course, when you've the likes of Santonio Holmes and Alan Fineca knocking around next to you drinking Guinness, uh, it's just kind of surreal. It felt like a weird dream at times. Shout out to Mikey, who was trying to convince me to go up to Santonio Holmes and challenge the fact that he got that second toe down against the Cardinals in the Super Bowl. But even 10 points wasn't enough for me to be to be brave enough to do that. I did ask him to write an apology on my terrible towel. And that backfired as well. He he actually wrote down the champ and then signed it. So I don't know if I can I don't know if I can hang that in my wall either. But yeah, what a bit. Yeah, look, I feel like we could talk about it for, for a long time. Uh I'd be one that would be in the camp of let's have it in Belfast, let's have it in Nuri, let's have it in Galway, let's have it in Cork, let's do it again this season. But again, this is why we're not being paid the big bucks, Mark. So I, I give it here. Let's get her up to Belfast, yeah. You know, though, I keep on, I said it to you, lads, I said it to James. Genuinely, if they, they keep bringing those things back, you can keep pushing out when the game needs to be here. If they did two a season, it'd be absolutely unreal. It was that fun. I think next time people are going to realize it's an NFL event, not just a Steelers event. So it's like, and come one and all, maybe it'll be a Jags event. The Jags should absolutely do one now. We obviously know they're in the market as well. But genuinely, wasn't it? It's like, you're in that room being like, this is the NFL here. Like, we have the mascot. We have, like, the DJ pumping music. Like, you like you really felt like you were at something. And, I, like, the one thing about going to the NFL UK games is maybe the night before, the bars are class. But this is, like, we're watching it. It could be owner. The director of marketing for the Steelers is over there. Former players are there. Like, it really felt like a savage event and something that tops... It's it's up there with the highlights of Arrington I've done in Europe. Arrington really NFL wise outside of the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was unreal. Now, thanks. Look, props to the Steelers. Thanks to the Steelers. I, I I don't think we can thank them enough. It's been great crack. Let's have it in Belfast. Let let's do it in Belfast. I'm just being biased now. Let let's go. Let's get it half an hour from the gaff, boys. Imagine getting the Paris take me home that week. That'll be that'll be that'll be a handy night. Anywho, loved it. Can't wait to the next one if it's in. I'm gonna jinx this now. If it's in Tralee, I'll be there. Don't worry. Um, okay, we're doing a food draft, Mark. Is this because of Thanksgiving? Ah, uh, it seems to be all the rage. <laughs> oh, we said we lean in. It seems like on Thanksgiving that you have to do one of these food drafts, and we said we we must have just barely missed Thanksgiving. We are celebrating our birthday one day or one way or another, right, Michael? Well, I mean, my my birthday's in February, so I mean. You know, what, Pro Football Ireland. Oh, yeah, 
Sorry, I thought that you knew exactly what I was going to say. That's next. I actually think that's next week. But oh, okay, okay. Rangles but it goes Saturday, to show. Steelers it's, Sunday. It still hits on the point that we would have missed out on this last week. So I said, let's uh, finish off this segment with a draft of our favorite food option that was supposed to be related to either a tailgate or maybe to Thanksgiving. There was certainly no turkey there the other day. So I've given you lads a list. Jason, I've decided that the order that we're going to do this is going to be in who is the worst team gets the first overall pick from based on our picks this year. And you're back into last place, I'm sorry to say. You got a bit too uh, you got a bit too confident, it seems, because you're really doing really well for uh, three or four weeks. So you've dropped back in the picks again. So you'll get the first pick, or I was going to say, we'll do a snake draft. You can have the first and the sixth pick, or the third and the fourth. Um, you gotta go. I'll go first. I'll go first. All right, Michael, you're two. I'm three and four. Michael, you're five, and Jason, you're six. Okay. Um, let's look at the list. I don't think it's on the list actually, but oh yeah. This is, oh, this is you, food from the, the Steelers party, isn't it? Yes, yes, it's, it's food from yeah, the Steelers party. But can we put our um, own picks? Those, those arancini rice balls. Did you guys have them? They were <laughs> That's the first I, I, overall pick. That's the I first know. overall pick. Amazing. Firstly, I actually, <laughs> I actually screwed up the event in general because an hour before we went there, me and my girlfriend went and got a toasted sandwich in a pub because I wasn't too confident at how much food they would have there. Terrible decision because there was food coming out all night. But no, I go. I'm going with the Aaron Shady rice balls. That's what I've had before. But the spice on it was, oh delicious. man, way to go, Michael! You're up. Does this have, does this have to be food that was at the Steelers party? Is this like or... yes? That was the idea. We're supposed to be um, selling people on coming to the well, event the next. Time. I would have picked this number one, so it's my number two. Mashed potato. Spot the culture. <laughs> oh my god! I thought uh, I thought I was going to because now I have the three and four. So I'm going to go for that deep fried mac and cheese ball that was like proper American something I've ever had I feel like I'm going to stay away from the chicken wings because the, the sauce and the chicken itself was great but the sauce was useless so I'm going to go for the um, the pulled pork and Doritos which was a matchup I've never thought of having before but it well worked for me Who, who's next? Actually, you're back again Michael <laughs> Mr. Commissioner um, I just want to publicly say I thought the dip waffle was awful <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> popcorn. I, I I didn't see. I didn't. Eat, I was too nervous. I didn't eat that much. I, I'm going to say the popcorn, even though it was like eating sugar. But uh, I'll, I'll I'll take the popcorn at five. That that right there is how a GM must feel on draft day when his player falls into his lap because I thought those dip waffles were delicious. To be honest, oh. <laughs> I thought they were awful, but. When they when they were fresh out, they were. By dip uh, waffles, we should say that they're just kind of like sweet waffles, not the beta waffles, and they were dipped in chocolate. Which they were cold. If they were hot, I'd be super into them. But they're cold. They're out of the fridge. So that's why. Yeah, uh, stay away. Hey, we need to talk some football. Anyone listening to this? What are, what are we doing? What are we doing? Talk some football, please. Uh, hold on, I thought we were going to finish the draft. No, what's the... That is the draft. That is the draft. We can't keep going. I said we get two picks each. <laughs> I'm probably go one to ten. I mean, I was probably gonna go like we don't need to fill out the roster completely, you know. That's for maybe like donut after. <laughs> I don't like mac and cheese. So, anywho, right, uh, we're gonna talk about the Broncos. I think next night, obviously, as the in-house Broncos fan, you can imagine my sheer shock when I woke up on 
Monday morning and seeing wearing a Steelers jersey, which is sitting over there, <laughs> not actually. And uh, what and what? Do you know what? Like, and I'm getting DMs about this. What? What do people want me to do? Yeah, so, for no, real. I mean, like, yeah, for like, real. Here, no, like does... I have a DM, I have a DMs the last twenty four hours, about forty eight hours saying, um, it's really sad to see in the in the series. I'm like, and what? You wouldn't do it? Like, I've, I've literally applied them saying that. So like, I, I don't. I like, I know this is our standard podcast. I don't care. If, like, I'll give off if I need this sort of thing. Can I, it's fine if you don't like it. Unfollow that. Do you know what I mean? Let's scroll it like. Um, does it have your name on it? I know Hannah Tyrrell, Aidan O'Shea, yeah, they all got that. You didn't get your name, and I was trying to have a glance the other day, but you uh, you hit it. I actually didn't know Hannah was there because I wanted to like, say hello to her. I, like, I've never met her before. So I wanted to say hello to her. I did not know she was there. So funny. Yeah, she seems into it. She definitely seems into it. She's genuine as one of those influencers go. She was Talking about the very front. Talking about into it, boy. And I know it's t- Why didn't we do like a toy show weekend theme this week? This is a whole different conversation. Let's restart well, the podcast. <laughs> no, no. And the Denver like don't tell anyone, but the Denver Broncos could be back. Russell Wilson looks like a new man. And do you know why I don't think they're back? Because okay, the Chiefs had a terrible day against them. They get over the line the week before and they get over the line this week as well. It's great to win games. But this for me eventually will come to a stop. I don't feel that they can become as efficient on the run game and and um, Corlin Sutton as they can down the stretch. It's great to see them gain some confidence, but I don't buy it. I think the AFC is too, it's too competitive. And for people to sit here on, on Tuesday morning on my mentions and be like, oh, well, they're only two games out from the Chiefs. They're not. They're not beaten. They're not going. Do you think there's there is more chance of me winning the Super Bowl this year than there is of the Broncos going into Arrowhead if the Chiefs need to win and winning at the minute. The Chiefs are the better team for me by far. Um, it's been a great few weeks for Broncos fans. I, I've loved it. I've loved the positivity. But I think we're, we're, we're starting to come to the end now, unfortunately. And I hate to be that guy that brings people down. Yes, there's been improvements both sides of the ball. Defense looked really, really good against Kansas City. It showed signs again this week. And... Um, I love Alex Singleton. There are leaders emerging in this team every week. But I feel like it's three weeks too late, boys. This is the team that's winning games, but I feel like they've left it too late, Mark. Prove me wrong. Uh, yeah, I'm really surprised you're not more positive. I have to say that with the way that the AFC is set up, they're in a really good position. I mean, what, they're at 5-5 five and five right now. They have the tiebreak over the Bills. They play Cleveland this week so they can get a game back there against a team that's obviously operating without a genuine quarterback, or so we think. And obviously the offense is something, or the defense is something that they're going to have to come over. But obviously what has set this up is that they went to 1-5 and five on the year and they were given like no chance. Only four teams in have a history have come back from 1-5 and five, made the playoffs. The last team, actually, funny enough, is the 2018 Colts and they actually went, went and won a playoff game. But um, whatever about that, it's the manner that since going one and five, they beat the Packers, whatever. They've beaten the Chiefs, they've beaten the Bills, they beat the five game winning streak, Minnesota Vikings. We can talk about the game a bit more depth in a second if you want, but I have to say that this adjustment period seems to finally panned out it's, uh, in a certain way. Sean Payton is using the guys a lot better. A really interesting stat that I came across was that Russell Wilson is throwing the fewest air yards of his career and it just speaks to that 
Peyton has obviously said, yeah, the personnel isn't there to, you know, be deep balling it or whatever. So the scheme has caught up and Russell Wilson's playing almost, can we say, as good as he did in Seattle. Like all those things about it not working out, we have to completely dispel them. It's done. It's over. Like they are playing really well as far as the quarterback head coaching tandem. So it's like, I I have to say, like, I'm quite positive. You can see them spreading out like he's. I, I mentioned on the podcast yesterday that Samaj P. Ryan, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy all had 60 yards. But it's like, it's good to have that. There's no one guy that they're just re- relying on. They're able to spread the ball out there. Cortland Sutton has something like, is it eight or nine touchdowns in the red zone? And it's all like all off script plays that it's like, come the fourth quarter in particular, Russell Wilson's, QBR is skyrocketing because he is able to be a bit more free and he's kind of just like that's what I'm saying like is he back to the Russell Bowl in Seattle that he's just able to make those plays like look his legacy is on the line as well and I know like that's something that you can throw around what does it actually translate to but it's like now that they've kind of fit into the groove they obviously were those himself and Peyton in particular were supposed to be Hall of Fame guys for a reason everyone liked dragging them through the dirt and saying that they're after being found out but now that they're turning it around again, look, I don't, I'm not a massive fan of Sean Payton. I think that the way he coaches, it's quite toxic. Obviously, we know about what he said to USA Today earlier on in the year. Um, I've been reading about the sayings recently, and it's about how like guys are saying like he's one of the worst coaches to chew you out. Now, he's able to say sorry afterwards, but on game day, like he is horrendous on the sideline just in terms of putting you under pressure. That's just how he coaches. But they're definitely turning it around. And when you look forward to who they have coming up on the schedule, Cleveland, then they play at Houston. They play the Chargers. They play New England. They play the Chargers again. They play Vegas. They're going to be in They're going to be in the race, Michael. Like They're only a game back now anyway. I mean, I think, I think the thing I'd say before Jason comes in, sorry, Jason, is it's been a long, long, it's been a long, long six years. And I've seen Everham. And it's like, well... When will it change? I think if the Broncos were to go to the Texans in a game that's being flexed now into an early window for us, if they go, if they beat the Texans, I'll I'll start believing. Uh, I I feel like it's going to go one of two ways. They're going to lose to the Texans, and then they start to falter against Herbert, and they start to falter against the West and the Raiders and the Chiefs, or they win against the Texans, and the conversation goes up and up and up and up. And I don't know. The other like, thing is. Sorry, go ahead. So the other thing is, like, I, I'm talking about the offense there, but it's not like the offense is, quote-unquote, winning the games for them. Like, look, the other day they had nine drives that were, what, five field goals and four punts. But then, like, I suppose I did enjoy the patience of Russell Wilson being able to pull it out at the very end. But it was the defense, and it's that it's creating turnovers like no other team in the NFL. Through the last three games, they have 12 turnovers, which is obviously, like, speaks volumes about them. Is there going to be regression there? You'd have to think so. Jason, you can speak about how the Cardinals, like in the last couple of years, have been like one of the most fortunate, fortunate teams in turno- terms of turnovers. But the other thing is teams have figured out not to kick to Marvin Mims because he's the best punt returner and kick returner in terms of uh, returning yards in the league. So, te- so they're, they're obviously going to struggle when teams are going to say, okay, you have to beat us on offense because we're not going to keep on turning the ball over and we're not going to give you up a lot of yards in the kick game. Uh, yeah, look, I probably fall somewhere in between the two of you. Um, 
the first few games, the first five or so games of, of the season, there's probably an unfair reflection as to how bad the team was. But I, I also think these last few games may be a bit unrealistic as to how good the team is moving forward. It's three great wins against Buffalo, Kansas City and the Vikings in the last three weeks. But, you know, it's not games where they fully looked in control as you go through the game and they've had 12 takeaways combined in those three games. And that's not something that's entirely sustainable moving forward. They're, 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 that's the type of thing that you do see regression on uh, more often than not. But I think the, the progress they've made, like it's a new coaching staff, you can't overlook that fact. And people jumped on Sean Payton through a couple of weeks because they weren't getting it done early. But it does take time to settle in the system and get used to the players. And um, they're the worst defense in the league through the first in league history through the first four weeks of the season and now they're playing like a top 10 unit so credit to Vance Joseph as well on that side of the ball it's something we saw in Arizona quite a bit with him where things might start slow but he would get it right in the end more often than not um, but in terms of being a threat this year AFC is more open with the injury situations in Cleveland and Cincinnati and it Steelers offense are not sold on them either um, but you might say the rest of their schedule looks winnable but at the same time I look at the the Broncos and I think all these games are losable for them as well and I don't trust them to consistently keep getting it done I think there's still a bit to go I would be surprised I wouldn't say no chance in hell they'll make the playoffs because those injuries do open things up um, but I would definitely be surprised just gearing towards next year I'd say and when Sean Payton came into Denver looking at Russell Wilson at stage of his career the fact that Peyton had already retired I kind of have had a back, had in the back of my mind that Peyton's career might be tied to Wilson's career for the rest of the way here you know they might have three or four years together and call it a day um, I, I don't think Peyton will be a guy who coaches into the 70s not when he's already retired at a relatively young age Um, so I, I do think it's a positive that they're progressing this year I don't think this will be the year that they'll be a real threat in the playoffs. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, to be honest, but positive signs overall moving into next year. I feel like, just to jump on what you have both said, like this is the team that have got such leaders. Like You've got Justin Simmons, you've got PS2, Pat Sertan. Like Alex Singleton has got the this, this statistics from his time in Philadelphia. He came in and made a difference last year. Mike McGlinchey has paid massive money. Ben Powers has paid big money. How this team started the season was wholly unacceptable. And now they've beaten the Bills team that have been very poor over the last few games and have struggled against other teams, not just the Broncos. And they played a Chiefs team that just didn't show up to the races. And I wouldn't have been surprised if Patrick Mahomes had COVID that day because he had the flu. So they've done well. I'm a fan. Of course, I want them to do well. I just don't have a good feeling about it. And I think you mentioned a minute ago, Mark, about they don't have the the wide receiving core to get it down the field. Jerry Judy in all of this is still pretty much non-existent. Corlin Sutton is not even carrying the team. Well, he's got, I think he's got eight touchdowns in the season. He's playing at a high level. I need to see more. It's not... They're like, throwing the ball to the wide or sorry, to the running backs more though as well. Like, like I, I just think that it's a nice level of consistency throughout. Like, there's no one star. Like, yeah, Corlin Sutton and I suppose there was a high point catch by him the other day that I was like okay he's like a guy like a proper guy but I suppose like I wonder like 
when Sean Payne came in, it was like you could not have had more of a 180 in terms of leadership and accountability and scheme versus Nathaniel Hackett last year. Like when Sean Payne, like we know from his media press conferences alone that like he really commands the room a lot better than Nathaniel Hackett. And I suppose it might have taken time for there to be buy-in, but obviously when they hit rock bottom, he was obviously able to say, no, we can win this. And the four-game winning streak, I think, speaks to itself. I know what you're saying about maybe Patrick Mahomes was sick. I know that the Bills haven't been, you know, blasting the doors off anyone. But I suppose combined, I think that there's more than just a fluke element when you have that four-game winning streak, including obviously the Vikings were the longest winning streak in the NFL at five wins until Sunday. That in a, in a year where no team seems to be going or very few teams are going on long win streaks, I have to give them credit that I suppose it's their first four-game win streak, Michael, since the Gary Kubiak era in 2016. Like, you have to give credit to that. I agree. And I just, I'll say one thing where we do move on. I'm very disappointed in Kareem Jackson. I feel for him to go get banned again for four games. I think he's done. Um, I think he gets back week 16 against the Patriots. Okay, he'll, he'll not be there next year. He doesn't deserve to be there. He's missed, what, how many games a season now because of that? Silly, stupid decisions limiting the team where there is potential. And I know I'm not the only person in the Colorado circle saying that. <laughs>